One more time for the people in the back. How do you really just do you? Hi, welcome to another sassy conversation here on Business Mindset Mastery. I seem to be full of them lately. I'm Heather Gray. I'm a mindset leadership coach. I work with business owners, leaders, and entrepreneurs. You can always find me over at choosetohaveitall.com. And I have to be honest with you, my friends, I have been sitting on this letter um, probably for two weeks, and I would probably guess that the only reason why I'm reading it on the air, so to speak, is because I'm running out of letters and I'm trying to get ahead of my episodes in preparation for the holiday season. Um, I don't know how I feel sometimes about reading letters online um, and on the show where I get called out a little bit, where I get challenged. Um, sometimes I don't think it's helpful or productive. I think sometimes there's attention seekers out there. Um, and I think sometimes business owners can be attention seeking by saying, Hey, look at me. This is the hater letter I got. Hey, if you're not causing a ruckus, you're doing something wrong kind of thing. And that's not the kind of conversation I need to have on the show. And I don't think it's the kind of conversation that really benefits the audience. Um, I've gone back and forth on this specific letter, um, for a couple of reasons. One is it clearly, clearly comes from a made up, um, kind of gene email address. So it's somebody who isn't willing to put their name on the letter, isn't willing to say, hey, Heather, I listened to your show. This is who I am. Um, it's like one of those fake email accounts. And I usually don't read the letters that I get that come from those super generic accounts because I feel like, you know, the least we're going to do, right? If we show up on the show, if we ask a question is to sort of be able to own our truth and who we are. I don't ever give names on the show. I don't ever do... I identifying information on the show. So there's no real reason to hide your name if you don't want me to know who you are. Then it makes me wonder like how I've built the no like and trust factor with you and how, you know, my advice suddenly becomes something that's significant for you if you can't even sign your real name on it. That being said, I actually kept coming back to this particular letter because on the off chance that people on the show really don't get it or I'm somehow missing the mark in teaching something, I want the opportunity to clarify and explain myself. And the question really comes down to how do you really show up as yourself? You know, we hear it all the time on the show. I talk about it all the time on the show and then outside of the show. Like, how do we really and truly show up as we are? How do we give the unapologetically us version of ourselves to the world? How do we open ourselves up to feedback, to criticism, to questions like I'm going to read you in just a bit? How do we do that and still stand, you know, and still stand? right? Because that fear of being knocked down, the fear of being criticized, called out, um, misunderstood, um, it's so real. More often than not, when I think about the things that make me nervous before I talk on the mic, it's this fear of being misunderstood. I want people to know my intention. I want people to know that I mean what I say and I say what I mean, but sometimes I have no way of knowing how what I say is interpreted until the letters start coming in. And I got a lot of letters in response to an episode I did, I believe it was over a week or so ago, but it was this idea 
of how do you show up as yourself? How do you stop censoring yourself? If you have an instinct, a drive to be yourself out in the world, how do you allow that instinct to be the driving force in your life without hiding or running away from it? Um, and in that episode, I shared a personal example of how I kind of ended up in this crazy airport situation. And I'll put the link to the show in case you want to go back. And this letter came right on the heels of that episode, which also brought a lot of letters. So I do think this idea of putting yourself out there, showing up unapologetically you, especially when you have a personal brand, is something that people really struggle with. I think it's the thing that stops them from taking any kind of action on their business. It's the difference between an idea for a business and an actual business of bringing in money and making sales. On the off chance that the letter writer isn't the only person who's a little bit stuck on my messaging, I'm, I'm going to read the letter. <laughs> I'm also short on content, admittedly. So that's the other reason why I'm uh, reading the letter. But I do think that I, you know, I have something to say in response. And it was written to me. I It didn't even, you know, the letter writer didn't even say, please use this on your show. So I have no idea um, what was expected. But from an anonymous email um, on my show for content is about as good as it's going to get for that listener anyway. So let me just dive into what we're talking about. I'm going to read you the letter and then I'll find you on the other side and we can talk about it there. Heather, I don't get you. I really don't get you. And from the questions you get on your show, I don't think I'm the only one trying to make sense of you. I've been binging your episodes for the past two weeks. I hear you talk about your happiness and I wonder how you don't worry what people will think of you. Don't you worry that you are somehow less relatable? Honestly, I'm equally inspired and put off by you sometimes because I don't at all relate to you. You refer in separate episodes to having a fiscally slow summer while in another talking about an implied while I'm sorry, let me start that one over. While in another, talking about and implying the overall success of your business. Which is it? And how are you so comfortable sharing your business and just putting yourself out there every damn day? I really don't get you and I find myself wondering what your goal is. What is your why? What motivates you to just put yourself out there? You talked about losing a sale, and honestly, I just wanted to shush you and tell you to edit that part out. How do you think people will trust you if you're always so plain about where you are in the world? Um, I actually think that's probably why I think they'll trust me, because I'm out in the world. But anyway, I digress. Let me continue reading your letter. Don't you worry that by putting yourself out there on some pedestal, you're just begging somebody to knock you off. You said that you worried that your solo episodes with personal stories sound indulgent. Honestly, sometimes they do. I hear you and it's like, hey, look at me. I have it all figured out. Good luck to you. It makes your episodes where you talk about the struggle seem forced and fake. I sometimes don't believe you. Even as I write this, I honestly don't think you care whether or not I believe you. It's like this part of you, you have this part figured out, the not caring what people think part or how your words will affect them part. It must be nice. I am still in the back of the line, lost and not sure I'll ever figure it out. Your show implies that I can, but I don't see how. 
Okay, so letter writer, anonymous letter writer, I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt here, and I'm going to assume that you are a legitimate lost seeking person, and you are not one of the people trying to knock me down on a pedestal. And if you are trying to knock me down my pedestal, then you should put your name next to it. Um, so you're asking me how I show up. You're asking me, how do I just tell people the way it is without fear? Here's the thing. I've never said that I do this without fear. I choose to do it because it's my value, because mindset in real time is the way it needs to be, that I can't just say, like, here are the three steps to a daily mindset practice and have that connect or relate to anybody in any kind of way. And it's totally fine with me if you don't relate to me. It is totally acceptable to me if you don't believe me. All I can do is tell my podcast audience what I want them to think and then it's up it then it's up to them whether or not they believe me or whether or not they're just having a piss poor day and they want to piss on me in exchange for that but all I can do is tell people what I want them to think to tell them my story to share my knowledge to answer the questions asked and then leave the audience up to their own devices to decide what to do with it that is where my control ends that's why sometimes you'll hear me err on the side of repeating myself because I do sincerely worry about being misunderstood. I do also worry, by the way, about oversimplifying things. Now, the reality is, and you should know this if you've been in the game for any amount of time, is that if you really want to do the mindset work, if you really want to figure this crap out, you have to hire somebody. And it doesn't have to be me. Clearly, you're on the fence with me. But I, I recommend myself to other podcast listeners who may have already, you know, built that no like and trust factor with me. But like, we're just getting to the basics on the show. We're not digging deep into the work. We're not digging into the stories. And I'm not digging into every part or every facade of my story and giving you all the history. But if I were to give you the history, I would tell you the reason why I, you know, am not afraid to tell you that I had a slow summer, but that overall my business continues to be successful is because two years into the dating relationship with my husband, he got struck by a bus, is paralyzed, and uses a wheelchair now. Like, I've already dealt with scary things that are far scarier and have more real-life consequences than whether or not I talk on a podcast and nobody believes leaves me because I've already done the scary thing and because I've already lived to tell the tale that's how I do it even though I'm afraid I absolutely worry that I alienate people I absolutely worry that people think I'm too pie in the sky you know back in the day when I was first starting my social work career people called me Pollyanna and it's you know the reference to by the way one of the best movies (laughs) ever which of course is probably nauseating for people who think I'm Pollyanna to hear, but it's this idea of always finding the good and looking for the happy and seeking the positives that, you know, that was somehow you know, used against me that it it was a it was an adjective that would oversimplify what I was trying to teach or to tell people. You know, in an equal measure, I once was called the rogue therapist in residential when I was working with teenagers, and I took that as a compliment because I was going off in my own direction, fighting for things that I really believed in, even if it went against the grain. 
just because I do it doesn't mean that I'm not afraid of it. Doesn't mean that I don't like go, oh God, do I really want to do this? Earlier this morning, in fact, um, I went back and I listened to something that I said in an episode that hasn't been released yet. Cause I was like, oh God, I don't know if I really want to say that. Like that's going to piss people off. I, I know that I said it. I know that I didn't plan on saying it. Did it come out okay? Did I make the point? Do I need to edit it? So I took the 10 seconds to go back, find the clip, re-listen to it and say, uh, I didn't make my point as good as I wanted to, but the words I chose, I stand behind. So I do second guess myself, but I, I don't just sit in the worry. I make a choice because that's where I have control is in the choices I make. And yes, at the end of the day, what I end up deciding, and this is a podcast episode that illustrates that point, is what I end up deciding is I am willing to be misunderstood. I am willing to be questioned. I am willing to be hated on. I am willing to be doubted on, on the off chance that I can connect with someone with my story, with my answer to the idea that they too can choose happiness for themselves. And yes, if I have to go over this again and again, how do you show up without fear? How do you, in a world where everyone judges and everyone has an opinion, how do you really just do you? I will keep doing this episode because nothing changes for podcast listeners in this audience until you feel the fear and do it anyway. Until the thing you want is more important to you than your fear. Because at the end of the day, fear is going to keep you stuck. It's going to keep you connected to your old stories. And it's going to keep you kind of planted in that victim. And what I hear you saying is that you're watching me do it and you don't think you can. Well, you, you did a little bit. I don't know what you thought with this letter. Um, I don't know if you just thought that, like you were going to get your thoughts out there and they were going to go to Never Neverland and I don't really read the letters anyway or, you know, whatever the deal is. I don't really know what you thought, but you put out your opinion and you got a response. So now whether or not you like it or not, you have to deal with the response. You don't have to listen to the show and maybe you're not. Maybe you just pissed on me and then wandered off. But the idea is, is you said what you really thought. You questioned me, you challenged me, you asked your questions, and then it's up to me to answer. And it's up to me to respond. And that's the part you have no control over. You have no control over my opinion of you hiding behind an email address and you have no control over the fact that I also think that despite the uh, you know the misaligned way if you will that you showed up in my inbox I actually think you're legitimate and if I'm wrong about that shame on me right I'm wasting 35 minutes or however long I'm gonna man you know yammer on on this show about this like I'm willing to take that risk because I believe in the possibility that I might help and that is is my why. You asked me like, why do you do this? Why do you show up? And I got to tell you, sometimes my answer to this really changes. The only reason, and <laughs> I laugh at this and roll my eyes at this on the regular, the only reason why this is a daily podcast is because I was, you know, the Anchor FM app came out 
you know, over a year ago now, I think we're over 300 episodes in at this point, the Anchor FM app came in and showed and said, hey, you too can run a podcast. I had no idea how to figure it out. I didn't know what I wanted to say, how to craft a show, how to connect with an audience. And I told myself a story that if I only did one episode a week or two episodes in a week, it was going to take me so many weeks to get really good at it, to be able to talk clearly off the cuff, to be able to lead with confidence to be able to get my message across in a way that's understood and that people can actually take action on. So I told myself I would do the show every day until I figured it out. And then at some point in time, I was like, huh, I believe that mindset when done appropriately and in real time is a daily practice. And if I believe that mindset is a daily practice that you have to, with mindfulness and intention, you know, intentionality, like show up as yourself every day and work on yourself and attack that personal development from a place of growth and inspiration, then you got to do it every day. So my show had to do it every day. And that's how I came to make the decision. Now, when you ask me, like, how can I share these details? How can I, um, you know, not worry about these things. I think there's a couple of things I can tell you that might lighten this up for you. First of all, just because I am doesn't mean you have to. If you're sitting and listening to my show and listening to me yammer on with all my personal experiences and talk about getting baby vomit in my hair at the airport and think like, oh my God, I don't want anybody like knowing that about me. Then like part of doing you means that's not the part of you you share. That means that's not the story you tell. That means that's not how you show up. That's not the example of you. That's not the introduction to you that you give people. But you have to to say, I'm not willing to do that, but this is what I'm willing to do. To figure out what part of the entire piece you can share of yourself so that people can know a little bit more about you and so that you can start putting it out to the universe that you, in fact, exist. (laughs) That you're not just hiding at the end of the line, as you implied in your letter here, but that you're showing up. You don't have to do it the way I did it. It's That's not what I'm, you know, that's not what I teach on the show. And I hope that's not what you hear that you have to get up and share all the personal experiences of yourself and just put yourself out there. The only reason why I do, in all honesty, is because not telling my story, not being honest about who I am, doesn't work for me. I did it for 10 years as a private therapy practice. I had 35 people in, you know, a week in my office for 10 years, and only five clients ever knew about my husband's disability. And I constantly felt like I was lying. I constantly constantly felt like people had this altered version of myself, of who I was in the room with them. And so that when I became a consultant and I was able to use my personal stories as examples to illustrate that I too have been there and I have figured it out and I have been on the ground, on my knees, and I've gotten back up, 
That's how I choose to inspire people. Not everybody makes that choice. You could inspire people with research. You can inspire people with getting information and giving them a plethora of options of saying, hey, you have choice A over here. You have choice B over here. Like, go forth. But the reality is, is you have to choose your path. You have to choose who you are. And some of what I read in your letter is you are trying to run away from that fact. You were trying to maybe do it the way I do it because you think that works. Well, yeah, it works, but it only works for me. It's not going to work for you because what I also hear in your letter is you don't quite have buy-in into it. You don't really think that, you know, people are, you know, going to be attracted to me. You're going to want to buy from me because what you're hearing and what you're sharing with me is that by me talking about being human, by me talking about being knocked down a peg or two or having a slow summer and makes you wonder whether or not I have what it takes to help you. I want you to know that I clearly hear that and I own it and I accept it and I'm good with it. That probably means that we're not the right fit for one another because the people that you meant, the people who mentor you, the people who you look to, the people who you aspire to be around should be people who represent on some level a version of your life that you would like to someday achieve. And so, you know, my goal on my show is to attract an audience of people who do want to buy from me, who do want my consultation for their, you know, wherever their stuck spots are so that they can become the real CEO of their businesses and the real CEOs of their lives, but that they are going to be okay (laughs) with hearing my personal stories because I am tired personally with talking in the hypothetical. You know, and so you ask me, like, don't I worry that somebody is going to knock me down a peg or two? Like, honestly, no, because, and I know that probably sounds annoying and people don't believe me when I say it, but because like, I, I knock people down a peg or two all the time. I just like, just the other day, I saw someone's MLM marketing on my Facebook feed and I was like, oh my God, this is the, like, no, like, don't do it this way, sweetie. Like, this isn't going to work for you. And I like took the initiative because I know the person doing it and reached out and said, hey, I think I have a better idea for you. Like, I think you can do this in a different way. And in that messaging, I said, I know I'm your, not your ideal client. So if I know that as a consumer, I am looking at people all the time and saying, not my cup of tea, not really my thing. I don't have buy-in into that. Then I also have to accept that people are going to listen to my show, that people are going to hear me out, that people are going to hear what I have to say, and they're going to second guess it and doubt it. And yes, absolutely, there's going to be people who think that I don't have the level of success to get them to where they want to be, or I'm not at the income level that I need to be at to really inspire them to move or to grow or, you know, fill in the blank. I own that. And I'm okay with that. Some of that is just going to be, you know, their misunderstanding or their misinterpretation of me and how I'm showing up. But I can't, you know, work on the masses understanding me. All I can do 
to show up as I am, clearly communicate who I am, how I move through the world, and leave it to my audience to decide what they think of. So that means that, yes, I have to be willing to risk people listening to my show and finding it self-indulgent. I have to be willing to risk the idea that people are going to listen to my stories and they're not going to believe me, that they're not going to think I'm for real. But that's okay because my why, like the thing that like motivates me is that I want people to recognize and own that they have the power to change their lives. That at any point in time, they get to say, nope, this is not how my story is going to end. I'm rewriting this chapter. It does not end here. That why is way more important to me than somebody I alienate who never wants to buy from me or who clicks off. That why is more important to me than worrying about like, did I say everything exactly right so as to not offend somebody? Um, is my show polished enough? What are people going to think of me because I don't edit out the ums and the coughs and I read letters and have to like reread sentences? Those aren't my values. Those aren't the things I care about. So I lean into the idea that my people aren't going to care about them either. And if they do and it offends them, then I accept that they're not my people. And I think that that's, that's what you're asking me about. How do you accept that I think your question is two-pronged, right? Like, I do think that your initial question is, everybody says, just do you, but how do you do that when you're not sure people are going to like you? And then, you know, the other part is, is how do you accept the fact that by putting yourself out there, people aren't going to like you and people are going to be appalled by your message or offended or questioned? And, you know, the reality is, is that I, I think you have to, you know, you have to stand for something. You have to, you know, sort of be able to put a stamp on something. Because if people don't know who you are and what makes you different, then they're never going to buy from you. They're never going to get to know you because at the end of the day, we're attracted to story. You know, I was thinking the other day um, about the Tesla car company. I was at the LA Auto Show, um, my first adventure in LA, and I like to tell the tale about it. Um, went with my husband and he did the driving so I didn't have to navigate the intimidating roads or anything. But I was looking at the Tesla and it, it happened to be like near a bunch of other cars, right? As one would expect at an auto show. That was probably dumb to say. But anyway, um, and I was looking at it and going, you know, what's the big damn deal with Tesla? Like, you know, the line was absurd to look at the car. The number of people who wanted to get their pictures next to it, who wanted to, you know, do the like little selfie with their arm out the window, sitting in the driver's seat of the car. Like it, it looked a lot on the outside and I'm not a car person, but to the sort of untrained eye of myself, it looked a lot like the other cars. It looked like any of the, I drive a Honda. It, it, the Tesla looked way nicer than my 11-year-old Honda, but it didn't look like some, you know, real snazzy sports car. Um, but it had the longest line. Why? Because of the story. People buy into Elon Musk. People buy into his innovation. People buy into his ideas. People buy into his technology and his vision for a different type of future. Just like you go into the Apple store and you see their very brand specific marketing and way of working with their consumers and 
You know, it's they buy into the story. And at the end of the day, that's what you have as business owners. That's what you, that's your currency. That's everything you've got is your story. And you have to accept it about yourself. You have to know your story, own your story, and accept that this has happened to you, that this is what you're bringing to the table, and that this is who you are. And a lot of times when I get these questions like yours and like from other podcast listeners who ask me about this, I think to myself, oh, there's someone who's still running. There's someone who isn't comfortable yet landing in their story of who they are and how they move through the world because they're hoping the universe changes the ending. They're hoping that fate comes along and changes the ending because they're too married to their victimhood to the why it can't be them and why it's always going to be someone else's turn and why nobody listens to them and nobody gets it and why this and why that. Because, you know, the reality is, is that if you're going to put yourself out there, yes, people are going to try to knock you down. People knock me down all the time. I get back up, but it happens. And it's the idea that like, I know my limitations. I know I repeat myself. You know, the other day, um, you know, my husband lost his patience with me because I have a hearing problem and I actively often choose not to wear my hearing aids because they make me crazy. But me not wearing my hearing aids makes him crazy because, you know, obviously he's repeating himself a thousand times. And he got super irritated with me super fast. And he was like, never mind, it's not even important. He's like, at some point, I'm just going to stop talking because I'm tired of you not understanding me. And that stung, right? Like it, it, it was like, a, it was a quick moment of tension. And then I was like, well, yeah, like I, I agree with him that like it's really frustrating and super annoying when somebody has something that could help them and because they don't like it because it's not comfortable because x y and z they don't use it and then as a result he has to bend himself into a pretzel to be heard and I get that and so you know and because I've been on both sides of it I think that's a little bit how I can show up is that like yeah I know that some people are going to hear me and I'm giving them the tool I'm saying here take it this is yours and they're going to go eh, not really my bag I'm going to look for something easier or oh I'm just going to hope that the world you know navigates itself and bends itself to me so that I never have to change no I'm just going to play it safe but that's not how I responded because one once I like saw that snapshot from my husband's world, I was like, you know what? Damn it. I got to get the hearing aids in. And I popped them in and I was uncomfortable and it wasn't as easy for me to navigate my world. But you know, sometimes you have to get uncomfortable for a different result. And I didn't want things to be tense. I at least wanted my husband to see that I was showing up at the table, that I was trying, you know, and then I've gone to several audiologists and I've tried several different kinds of hearing aids and they all kind of make me crazy, but not, um, not wearing one and not trying to find the right fit and not, um, really committing to the process of making it work means that I'm always making him bend to me. And that's not fair. 
right? Like that's that we're only we're only in our 40s. Hopefully we have many more years together and he can't get tired of talking to me just yet or else. I'll, you know, wow, you guys will really be in trouble and I'll be on the air twice a day or something stupid like that, right? But that's what growth is about, is accepting ourselves, not running away from our story, getting crystal clear on who we are, knowing the parts of ourselves that we want to change, but also knowing at some point that we're not going to change. And I think so sometimes when people are writing these letters and asking me about this stuff, what they're really, really asking me is how I've come to accept myself. Um, and, and that is, it comes with knowing that like once you accept the things that you do that make you great, and you hold them with your limitations. You are not creating an either or scenario. You are holding both. And you know, the letter writer, um, I've <laughs> deviated a little bit from talking specifically to you and I'm opening this up generally to the, you know, the whole listening audience here. You know, the, the letter writer was asking me like, well, how do you say you had a slow August and then have good business health? And how do you say that uh, like, you know, my, my, the major example is, you know, when I, I, I sh- you know, shared how I was on the Logan airport bathroom floor prior to the move. And then I'm saying like, now I'm at the gate returning for the first time, super happy. How do I um, expect people to believe both if I'm always talking about both? Because I think that's the biggest challenge. It's the number one lesson that like I was challenged with in social work school. On my first day of grad school, my clinical instructor said that the challenge as social workers is to help your clients recognize that they are going to love the mothers who put them to bed at night and say, there, there, little girl, you are fine today. The world is safe and I've got you. And also hate the mother who smacks you across the face because you got dirty in the mud pit. So it's this this challenge to recognize that we are not in an either or world. In the letter writer, you know, you're comfortable in either or, black or white, truth or fiction, stay or go, here or there. But what I really think you have to do if you want to get to the front of the line, or at least at the very least to the middle of the line, you have to get comfortable holding both and hearing both and knowing that it's equally true that I can have a successful business with a slow month, that I can have a breakdown, sever an artery, I don't know how I'm going to get off the floor moment with, holy crap, I've just had my best year ever. That there's room for both. And if we want to personally develop, if we want to grow ourselves, we have to hold both. That is the challenge that comes with being human. And it's the thing that sets us apart as business owners. So once more for the people in the back, How do you just do you? How do you show up without worrying about what people are going to think? You recognize that you can't control that. That people are going to think what they're going to think. And that you accept yourself for all your strengths and all your weaknesses, all the while knowing that you get to rewrite the ending to your story anytime you want. 
I know this listener today probably doesn't have buy-in into me, but if you've been listening to my show and you're getting value from it and you're connecting to the message, I want to remind you that there's an option in the show notes to subscribe and to financially support the show. If you would like to do that, I think the lowest monthly donation is 99 cents or you can go up to 450 a month. But if you have buy-in into what I'm doing, the information that I'm sharing and awesome way to give back to me is to financially contribute to the show to tell me that my words have meaning and they matter. Thank you so much for the conversation today. I don't know if I just gave a hater, like a pure hater, the floor, or, you know, or if maybe there's somebody who truly feels like they're sitting at the bottom of the back of the line and they need to move up. But whatever it is, I hope the general listening audience got something from today's show. Keep talking to me. If I'm not making sense or if I have you have a specific question, let me know and I will get back to you. <laughs> I will continue to fill your airwaves. Thank you so much for today. I look forward to talking to you next time. Bye for now.